Imagine your wedding day on white marble floors beneath crystal chandeliers and exquisite ceiling drapery. Nestled on Long Bay Point Marina in Virginia Beach, the Gala 417 is a modern and luxurious waterfront wedding venue with all-inclusive packages, award-winning catering packages, and a dedicated team of gala girls to assist you every step of the way. The Gala is the perfect place to say, I do. Your dream wedding is just a click away. Learn more at thegala417.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tonight, I bring you reports of dogmen and werewolves from the United States and the UK. Sit back while I share some personal encounters that no doubt you'll enjoy. At the intersection of Dickman and Clark Ropes, a 28-year-old pregnant woman slowed her vehicle for what appeared to be a dog crossing the street one night in 2000. She watched as the mangy grey-furred creature walked past It was lit by a headlights from around 15 feet away. As it reached some nearby weeds, she said, it suddenly stood up on its hind legs and it peered back at me. This account was told to Linda Godfrey. Linda is an investigator of strange creatures, was contacted in 2008 by the woman, um, a Fort Custer Recreation Area worker who asked to go by the alias of Nella. Miss Godfrey says many of the details provided by Nella parallel other reported sightings of the dogman in Michigan. The area of the Battle Creek sighting was both in the Fort Custer Training Centre, formerly Camp Custer, as well as the nearby Harmonious Cemetery, a burial ground for a former religious community that believed spirits of the dead could communicate with the living. Nellie said, The shape of its body was like that of a young boy. As it stood up straight, at full posture, it looked at me. I got scared and I drove off. An animal doesn't have emotions, but this animal seemed like it did. It had weird eyes. She also went on to describe that the creature had ears like a German shepherd, but that it had a boyish face. It also appeared to be hungry. When Nellie drove off, she had the eerie feeling that the creature could jump on the roof of her car if it wanted to. Years earlier, her mother and brother were chased by a large lizard-like creature that later peered at them through the window of their home. Now, in 2006, also in the Battle Creek area, we have a report that says a six to seven foot tall man-animal was standing on its hind legs. 
a man driving to his home in Hickory Corners, just north of Fort Custer, told Linda Godfrey that he'd spotted a six to seven foot manimal that was standing on its hind legs. As he approached it, it squatted back down onto all fours and it dragged itself commando style into an adjacent cornfield. He said, it looked like a large man laying dead on the side of the road, except it had fur and abnormally lanky-like sloth arms. In the November of 1980, 16-year-old John Pelfrey said he was between the Kalamazoo River and West Michigan Avenue when he spotted what he believed to be three Sasquatch-like creatures. John said, I was looking for deer. First, I heard and saw one, and it was as tall as me, about five foot eight, five feet nine. And then I saw two bigger, hairier ones. They stood about seven or eight feet tall. And when they saw me, they took off running. I went home and got a camera, and I went back and looked all over, but I couldn't find anything. They made no noise, just a grunting sound when they took off running. Young Mr Pelfrey contacted the Michigan State Police and a report was made, but no trooper was sent out to investigate. In just those three short reports, I noticed a number of coincidences. Now, I don't believe in coincidences, especially when it comes to cryptids. Let me explain. Over the years, I've noticed that in many cases here in the UK, and worldwide. The witness reports the creature as being sickly or ill or underweight. As on our first account tonight, we heard the description of a gangly thin creature that had to drag itself across the road. The other thing that jumped out at me was the mention of the cemetery. Cemeteries, burial places, and areas of spiritual significance are important to these cryptids. There's even the suggestion that the areas are possible gateways and the creatures we encounter are tied to that land. Encountering this type of creature is not the same for everybody. For some, it's an almost spiritual connection, almost as if the creature is a guide, like the Cynocephales, the Wolvers or the Benedante. Yet in other cases, the creature attaches to an area or a person and it feeds on the energy until that's drained. The creature may follow you home, may appear in your dreams or draw attention to itself around your home. Another point I'd like to add is that it's, if possible, I'd like to ask each witness if they had anything appear in their room at night as a child or outside the window. I ask this because a couple of cases I've worked on where the creature is described as sickly or ill involve a witness who had wolves in their room as children. One witness here in the UK, who we'll call Nyla, had an encounter in southern England on the 14th of May 2006. And she said, The day this happened was a nice day, so I decided to get off the bus early and walk back home because I didn't have any homework or anything to rush home for. I went the usual route across the golf course so I could stroll down the hill. I'd heard the rumours about a big cat being down there, but I wasn't really scared. I never thought for a moment that I'd see it, or maybe it was real. I was sure it was complete BS, until I saw a set of yellow eyes that were glaring at me. 
Wherever he was, he was either poorly or not a panther at all. He was mangy, like a feral fox. He was about a hundred times bigger than a fox, though. He was grey, and his eyes were not cattish in any way. The thing looked more like some sort of love child between a wolf and a panther, but not cute and fluffy at all. It was really ugly. I remember it had a strange way of standing. It was obviously scared and poorly. The thing I saw had a hunch on its back between its shoulders and it was upright on its back legs. I remember so clearly what it was like seeing it. I've never been scared like that since. I felt sick and I remember running and almost going straight through the stile instead of over it. I was so scared. Now I'm chatting with you, Deb. I've remembered something from when I was small. You asked if I had any weird experiences as a kid, and I did. When I was little, as young as two, I could clearly see a wolf in my room. Every night, my dad would use an imaginary lead to take it out of my room so that I could sleep. And I wonder if these two events are connected. His eyes are what I remember the most. They were this amber-orange colour. What I saw had amber eyes, I've got to be honest. And I saw things in my room as a child. I wonder if the wolf Nyla saw each night was the same creature she encountered that day on the golf course. Did he reach out to her because he needed help? But what help could a young girl offer? Nyla was in her mid-teens when this happened. Another coincidence at play was when I asked Nyla to go online and search for an image that was the closest she could find to the creature that she saw that day. It took her a long time and lots of searching till she found one almost exactly like him. The image she sent me, you see it now, and it was one sent to Linda Godfrey from one of her witnesses in America. Nyla's case is not the only account here in the UK of a sickly creature. It's also not the first account to mention a hump on the creature's back. One chap named Martin from the Midlands contacted me by phone and we chatted about his experience that happened close to Canic Chase some time ago now. Martin went on to explain, this happened to me when I was driving along Camp Lane, Deb, just off the A34. It was about 1.30am, January 1980. We were heading to a turn-off. I was with my girlfriend. When we saw on the embankment, what we both thought was some kind of hyena-looking creature. And it was walking up the grass verge. We both looked closely and we could see off in the distance an animal of some kind, although unrecognisable. As we got nearer and nearer, this dog a deer, or whatever it was, seemed to get bigger and bigger in size as it moved into the road in front of the car to a point where we couldn't even pass it. I have no idea what this thing could be. It was some kind of mutant deer. It had to be. He's standing there on two legs. Looks like a hyena. Huge. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Leftovers. Or... The DMV. Number 97. Or... House cleaning. Or... Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Canine-looking thing with awful features. And to our horror, it lets out this raw... They're so loud, I could feel it in my chest. The hands on this thing were huge, and it had long nails. I beat the horn in the hopes of scaring it off, but either it didn't hear us, it didn't move an inch. I tried to call its bluff and nudge it ever so slightly with the car, thinking that would be enough to make it run off. As at this point, I'm still trying to rationalise that it's just a large dog or something I couldn't identify. And we're looking at it, wondering what to do next, when this dog arose onto two legs and it raised its arms in the air and it slammed down its fists on the bonnet of the car we were sitting in and it started a series of growls and then it let out a massive snarl and he pushed the car bonnet down hard. It was looking in at us through the window whilst leaving dents in the car bonnet. It was pushing down on the bonnet, Deb, pushing down on the car. And it's looking at us with these yellow eyes. It looks sickly and ill. And I honestly thought it would come in through the windscreen. I didn't know what to do. Its attention suddenly shifted. And it looked over the roof of the car to something that was approaching from behind us. And I realised to my relief it was not another creature. But it was another car. And it was coming up the lane approaching us. And this thing this creature must have seen the car and it moved off as soon as those lights appeared it dropped down onto all fours and it was off back into that tree line in seconds when i think about it the creature lowered our car and when it pushed it it had a clear view of the car lights behind us and that's what made it run off into the trees i really can't find the right words to describe whatever this thing was At one point I screamed, it's a werewolf. And my girlfriend said, it is, it's a werewolf. And I said, but it can't be. It appeared that it was dog-like. And the body on this thing was huge for a domestic dog. And for all it looked massive, it also looked pretty sick. It was covered with a patchy grey fur. It wasn't sleek or well cared for. It was all matted and knotted. 
And as I said at first, I thought it was a massive dog. And I still did, until it raised up onto two legs. It was hyena-like in shape, with a hunched back, but it was grey in colour. And although this meeting took only 30 seconds or so, it is imprinted on our minds, even now. I have no idea what I saw that night, where it went, or even if it is still out there. The description of the creature and the way it acted is very similar to some of the cases Linda's covered. If you haven't read her books or her blog, I would highly recommend doing so. Just a simple Google of her name will get you there. The books are based on hundreds of personal witness accounts. Now, two of the most disturbing stories in the book, I feel, are based on separate dogman sightings. One in Michigan, one in Ohio. In both situations, these cryptids stalked people and left a terrifying impression on those souls who were unfortunate to encounter them. The first incident is documented and it's titled The Farm Stalker. And it happened to a woman, New Year's Eve of 2006, and she was at her family farm in Iosco County, Michigan. The woman in the story shares her experience uh, about a not-so-nice creature and its behaviour as she was attending to a nighttime chores on the farm. The woman met up with the bipedal creature whilst attending to tasks on her family property. That particular night, the moon lit the property up fairly well, she said, and as she made her way to close the chicken coop doors in order to guard against coyotes making their way inside for a little takeaway, she noticed a large squarish form which was low and down close to the ground and it was near one of the pine trees on the property. A farm at first she mistook for a hellbale until it stood up and faced her. The shape rose up as she got closer to the chicken coop and it walked to the chicken coop door. It stopped and it turned and faced her. Oof, she was plenty scared according to the report and whatever the creature was she felt it knew how terrifying she was and it was enjoying her discomfort. She began to back away from the beast and return to the house, but it followed her back to the house. Suddenly, only at times when she yelled at it would it back off. She explained in a report that the beast was tall and dark and looked like it had the snout of a bear. However, she knew it wasn't a bear or a person, and the creature's actions and mannerisms made her feel it was not there for the chickens. The second experience I wanted to share from the book is an account by a family that was stalked by a particularly cunning man-wolf which was hanging around their barnyard in the rural area of Norton, Ohio, a city that's just west of Akron. In the account titled The Norton Chicken Thief, the creature stalked and terrorised a woman named Drew and her son. And it happened multiple times in 2010. Now, these encounters were not the timid variety. And they do suggest a level of intelligence not associated with just a natural animal. As an example, the creature rushed towards the window, which really scared her immensely. And the sound of it walking on the property was exactly the same distinctive way that her son walked. And this made Drew convinced that the creature learned to walk by watching her son. The creature was mimicking his gait, 
which is something particularly frightening to contemplate if true. I mean, to be honest, they'll mimic your voice, they'll mimic the shape of you, they'll mimic whatever it is they need to mimic. In another instance on the property, the chicken thief stole a rooster and it was left outside the coop one night and the creature took it and held it hostage on the opposite side of the fence and it let the rooster cluck pitifully in pain. This caused Drew to go outside. She had a gun in her hand and an attempt to fetch the bird and scare off the creature didn't really work. But eventually the creature let it go and the bird ran under the fence where the young man lifted a section to let it through. A couple of nights later, the same incident with the rooster happened. And although her son never got a good look at it, what he saw made his blood run cold. And what's surprising about the incident, Linda says, is that the creature did not just make off with the rooster. The beast was already on the opposite side of the fence. So it's hard to understand why any coyote, wolf or wild dog would allow its prey to escape. Now we go to Ohio and the Silver Creek Dogman, and this is a case that happened in 2013. A man named Ken Summers shared one man's encounter with a strange creature in the Silver Creek area. The witness, Andrew, reported not just one encounter, but two separate encounters with more than one strange bipedal creature when he was out hunting near Norton, which is in the same area as a chicken thief. Andrew normally works night shifts, which means travelling, quiet, dark roads every night. One night, driving down Johnson Road, which borders Silver Creek Metro Park, he saw something that was anything but routine. Approximately 50 yards from the intersection with Medina Line, he stopped his car when two deer raced across the road, heading south. That's not what caught his attention. What caught his attention is what they were running from. Andrew explained, I'd place them, whatever they were, somewhere between six foot six and seven feet tall. They chased the two deer, which were both smaller, by the way, out across the street and into the woods. They ran in formation, one in front, two behind, kind of next to each other. They were roughly 30 or 40 yards behind the deer. They were bipedal, very muscular and fast lightning fast it all happened in just a few seconds andrew said i couldn't describe any features unfortunately i'm assuming it was either a new moon or cloudy because it was quite dark but they were definitely a dark color maybe a chocolate brown or a black less than a month later andrew was heading home on johnson road and as he passed a moonlit cornfield something ran to the road in front of his car now, the field had full-grown stalks, Andrew said, so I don't know the height of that, but that the corn stalks were taller than him by a head and he's six feet. He said, this time I saw two creatures, but it was brief. It was a quick flash because there was no open land there. They basically let the road as they broke the corn and landed about 10 to 15 feet in the field on the other side and they just kept running. This time... The pair that I saw in the moonlight, the first was black and the second was black with a white or silver on its chest and its back. Since the first three I saw were all one solid colour, Andrew felt that that meant there must be four separate creatures. Now it would seem it doesn't matter what state, county or country you live in. 
The creatures people see are the same. The facial and body descriptions are similar. The behaviour and habits seem to be the same, even down to some of them being sickly or ill. Many of the reports you've heard tonight are very short walk away from a cemetery, and in some cases, old indigenous burial land. Now, in the UK, there are hundreds of ancient burials dating back around 14,000 years, and it's a small country, so it's not hard to reason that most of our land has many souls who have returned to source. Every country has legends, lore, and tales passed down by mouth of a wolf-headed creature. Don't venture into the woods or the she-wolf will take you. Even our fairy tales mention the big bad wolf. I believe that these tales are based on fact. We may scoff about them now, but when you look back down the centuries, people were far more tied to the land, to nature, to the earth's push and pull, as are these creatures. I remember several years ago talking to a witness who was driving when he encountered a sickly creature in the middle of the road. Another coincidence is that a wolf visited him when he was sick as a child. And once again, we pose the question, are possibly these events connected? It was ailing and weak. This happened uh, 2011, EJ says. I work for a logistics company and as with 24 hours, I usually work the graveyard shift which means I can be home in the morning to see my wife and children before they leave for the bus. I live in an area just southwest of Dalesville, close to Highway 81. At the time, it was cold. Not cold enough for snow, but there was an icy feeling in the air. I finished work around 5.30am and it was still dark out. Takes me about 35 minutes to get home if the roads are clear. And that morning, I didn't see but four cars on the whole route. Just past the diner, there's a small lake surrounded by trees and shrubs. It's not really a forest, more a small wooded area. Just a scrap of woodland, but big enough if you wanted to stretch your legs after a long drive or a meal at the diner. Across the way, there's a huge nature reserve with campgrounds and a much larger lake. And as I'm driving, I saw something lying along the road. Further up, I thought it was a moose or a brown bear as it was huge. And this made me nervous. It was half on the roadway with its feet pointing into the woods. I slowed down as much as I dared, trying to get a really good look at it. I wish I'd just kept my eye on the road. As I passed, I saw what appeared to be a wolf of some kind, and it looked like it was ailing for something. Maybe it was rabid. It was just laying there in the open and looking down the road as if I didn't exist. Its hair or fur was wet and patchy and its skin was grey in colour. And as I registered it was not a wolf, I realised it wasn't a dog. It didn't have a tail. The face had a snout, not like a bear's, more like a coyote, a long, thin snout. It had throth around its mouth and nostrils, and its eyes were sickly and yellow. It all took a split second, and I could still see it in the rearview mirror. I was too rattled to stop the car or to turn around and go back. I thought I'd hear from one of the locals that a wolf had been seen dead on the highway. I didn't say anything when I got home. I wasn't sure what to say. I was certain that thing had no tail. It had a weird look about it, even down to the legs, which seemed almost human. One arm was outstretched and I decided it was a wolf and that he'd been hit by a truck and it had been 
or it had been shot and that was it. But I thought about that wolf every day for weeks. I dreamt about it a bunch. That day I had to run into town with the wife and as we passed that spot, I wanted to shut my eyes tight. Luckily, there was nothing there on the road. Had I imagined the whole thing? Was I almost asleep at the wheel? Because that's easier to deal with. Because I think it was a werewolf. In our next report, we go to the area of Point Pleasant. And on the 14th of January, 2014, around 11, 11.30pm, a local woman had a very scary sighting of a creature that she described as like a werewolf, only scarier. And it was reported on the Phantom and Monsters blog and the young lady contacted the editor within 48 hours of the event. In a location known locally as Cat's Eye, Madison Avenue, Robbie Shaw reported that two nights ago, this young lady was sitting on a front porch an enclosed patio with a few large windows. One window was open to the front, beside the front door, and she was smoking a cigarette. It was after 11pm, and visibility was good because of the streetlights. She said before this sighting, she had heard strange noises, and the local dogs had been going nuts on and off for no apparent reason for a while. As she was having a smoke, she noticed a slight movement, thinking it was just someone walking down the railroad tracks. She didn't expect to see a creature with a head like a dog. As our witness looked up, she saw something that she said blew her mind. It was, in her words, a thing that had the head of a dog, almost exactly like a German shepherd, and it was walking like a person on two legs. She said she saw its eyes, and that's when she noticed it was staring at her. She said that she became lost in its eyes. She cannot recall clearly after seeing it look at her, and then seeing its eyes, she sort of hazed her. She did say that it was dark in colour and it almost had the look of a huge man wearing an oversized black sweatshirt. It was rather large and bulky in the upper body, but she didn't think it was a sweatshirt as it was covered in hair or fur. She said that's really the only thing she noticed and she could not really remember after staring it into its eyes, other than the shape of its head and the hair or fur. She said the height was in the neighbourhood of six feet, maybe just a little bit less. She stated several times how the eyes drew her in. She said the creature took a couple of steps towards her and at that time she saw a flash of light. The creature looked towards the direction that the light had come from and in a very quick movement it spinned and took off in that direction. The brief flash of light she soon found out was her mother's headlights as she turned into the road. She repeatedly asked her mother if she'd seen anything near the railroad tracks when she was near home and she said no, nothing. However, she wasn't paying much attention because she was late getting in and she was tired. One interesting thing about this is that the area is a government installation located directly across from the witness's home and it has an array of cameras installed over the entire property, and it's also patrolled by armed guards. Our witness is almost certain that this creature would have been recorded on those cameras. How many reports have we heard where the creature is seen on government land? Military bases the world over have reports of cryptic creatures on and around the base. Here in the UK, RAF Alcumbry springs to mind, 
over a 40-year period, British and American airmen, reported encounters what came to be known as the Standing Wolf or the Hard Stand Monster. It was said to be a wolf-headed creature that walked upright on two legs. It was seen on multiple occasions by different airmen. In each case, the creature ran off into the woodland north of the base. It was not described as a thickly muscled creature by any means, more of a slim creature. Was the creature visiting the base looking for food? Or was the creature made on that base and from time to time it escaped and was seen by the airmen? I guess we'll never know. We have heard about human hybrids, or so-called super soldiers, that have been created over centuries by the elite. We know that lots of creatures are seen on military of defence land. So we have to consider the possibility that our governments are funding these projects, which is terrifying to digest. But I think what's more terrifying is why these things are being made. Is it natural selection, genocide on a massive scale? Are these creatures hunting humans for a reason that I don't understand yet? I know many of you out there have information on these creatures and how they're used, and I would urge you to continue to share that information whenever possible. In our last case tonight, we hear from a young lady in Scotland who described the creature she saw as being a super soldier. In fact, she described its hands as weaponized. She said, Standing facing the bottom of our garden, there's a shed on the left with a small veg pack directly behind it. One night, I sent the dogs out and I went to follow them, but I didn't make it very far up the path before the dogs ran back to me and cowered at my legs. As I got closer to the dogwood tree, they seemed to melt further away. The moon was full that night, so I hadn't bothered bringing a torch. I thought I could see a shape hiding in the tree which wasn't very mature then. It was only about nine feet at the most. And it only had like a bushy twigs. I spoke out loud. Who's there? I can see you. And then some gravel crunched and a twig snapped. And the figure seemed to move behind the small tree. I can hear you. I should mention I was a stroppy brat of a team back then. And I was beginning to feel a bit ticked off that some weirdo was in my garden. A gentle breeze in the otherwise still night brought with it the scent of wet dog fur, unmistakable for any dog owner. And I said without thinking, I can smell you. And just then, the figure bounded away from the tree, away from me and towards the fence. They let the four-foot fence so gracefully, they may as well have just stepped over it. And this is when I got a really good look at what was hiding in the garden. Standing about seven feet tall at least, it looked to be covered in dark fur, but it had a man's torso and human-like arms, just they were longer. It had some scary-looking weaponized hands and its mouth was slightly ajar as it loped. And I saw teeth, lots of teeth, lots of long, sharp-looking teeth in the moonlight. I noticed its legs looked wrong. They were backwards like a canine's hind leg. I must have only been six feet away, if not closer, before it bounded away. This thing went wide along the fence line in our neighbour's garden. And I found out the next morning, he'd, my neighbour had brought a lot of timber and had stacked it there. And I think that it hopped the back fence into our garden from that point. 
and it disappeared into a massive shadow surrounding the lilac bush. I had a few similar encounters over time until I moved out that I now think are important to this encounter. Just things when I was walking the dog, things that my parents had noticed. I moved in with my current partner in 2012 and we adopted a dog that October and he was a big mastiff cross with problems and he weighed more than I did. One night I was walking him along a country lane for his last walk and he began growling and I suddenly realised that I was out there on my own on a dark lane with a dog with behavioural problems. I don't know why he looked at the fence, but he started growling at the plants and I thought it was just a shrub and that maybe a cat or a badger was in it and the dog was picking up on that animal. I realised that there was a drop behind the fencing and that the shrub was just the top of a small tree which sat behind some tall shrubs on our side of the fence. I was looking down at the dog's head as I tugged on his lead when I saw a furry thigh emerged from the twiggy foliage and it moved towards us. I didn't look up, I swiveled my hips and I dragged the now snarling dog up the road. We had many problems with that dog and despite having experts come to assess him and give us training plans, we had to give him back that December. He was truly a dangerous dog. He would flip from your best friend ever to scary, aggressive behaviour the next. I was not the first person he attacked while under our care and it was not the first time. We did our best and it tore us apart having to give up on him after such a short time. I believe Wolfie, as I call him, was in that bush and aware that I was in danger from that dog. That year was awful. I received some messages from a deranged neighbour basically regarding how he would take me off the street and where my trousers would be when he'd finished. I was nervous. Then I had to walk past his house alone, but I had livestock to tend to, so needs must. One night I was halfway there and I saw a torchlight bobbing up and down in the field. It filled me with complete fear. I was trembling and I called out for Wolfe. I don't know why I called out for him, but I did. I did it instinctively. I got to the gate and I waited. I didn't want to be trapped in a stable with my neighbour. I wanted the opportunity of space between us to get away. And as that bobbing torch neared, I could see it was my partner. And I was so relieved, but he looked a bit squirrely. We hugged and I went inside the field and did what I had to do. And when I come out again, my boyfriend was really pale. And he said, something just breathed down my neck. And I swear something shadowed me the whole way up here. Having felt something breathe down his neck, he was now beginning to put two and two together and he finally believed that I wasn't delusional. Since then, we've noticed a trend over our nine years together. Whenever I'm incredibly scared or upset, Wolfie Sue shows up. After an accident I had in 2015, my partners heard something softly growling and pacing around below our bedroom window as I lay in bed. I was bruised and beaten after the accident. I wasn't really with it due to a bad knock on the head. And a neighbour said they saw a giant dog running towards our back garden when I returned from the hospital. I've seen a lot of things before, UFOs, paranormal and supernatural events, but nothing I couldn't explain away with enough incentive. 
Although one UFO sighting I do remember is when I was with mum and dad and we were watching the sky. We saw either the quickest helicopter known to man with the worst pilot or a lost alien with a broken compass. I can explain most things away, but I can't explain away Wolfer. Thank you for joining me tonight. I really appreciate you tuning in each week. If there's a report you'd like me to cover or a topic we've not yet discussed, please leave me a comment below or drop me an email to debbiehatswell at gmail.com. Please click like or share as it really helps the channel. And check out my patron site because you'll get all of the sighting reports there first as soon as they come in. And as I say, thank you very much for joining me tonight. Have a wonderful week and I'll be back next week, same day, same time. Good night, everyone. Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.